beautiful. You are listening to the Africana Woman Podcast. I am your host, Chulu. Every week, I ask an Africana woman to invite us into her home to give us a snapshot into what happens behind her closed doors. I hope you would join me on this journey of discovery, revelation, and self-awareness. I'm not going to lie. It may become uncomfortable sometimes. However, I encourage you to push past your unease and challenge yourself to think differently. The simple act of expanding yourself to receive the unknown may be transformational for you. I hope you have enjoyed listening to this mini-series on motherhood in its many facets, right? It is a topic that cannot be exhausted in just five days. However, my goal is to spark conversations. And possibly there might be some change in beliefs and behavior or at the very least for each for us to have empathy for each individual woman's encounter with motherhood. All these conversations have been leading up to the birth of a mother panel discussion, which will be held live this weekend. So tomorrow on Sunday, 30th May, it will start at 3 p.m. Central African time, which is 9 a.m. New York, uh, 2 p.m. London and West Africa and 4 p.m. East African time. Right. So we have three very knowledgeable women who are passionate about serving mothers who will convene to discuss what it means for a female to transition from being a woman to a mother from a holistic point of view. We are diverting the focus of conversation from the baby and child to take time to discuss, you know, what is happening with the mother, whether it be emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all the different things that are happening within her or to her. And we will also take time to discuss medical care, which is a serious problem for African women and women of color. The panelists are Rosie Carter Suso, who is a UK-based doula, Temi Aregbesola Okere, who is US-based and the founder of the Omogwa Box and holds a PhD in public health, and Lubunga Lucindi Chawelwa, a Zambian-based speaker, blogger, and fitness and maternal health advocate. Do join us for this exciting conversation. And all you have to do is click the link in the show notes. Please invite any mother-to-be, any mother, any woman. I think this is such an important conversation. Today, we include our motherhood series with the topics of stepmotherhood and interracial parenting. Vanessa Ongapembe takes us on an interesting journey through her experience in a blended family. Vanessa is the firstborn in a family of seven. She is an honors law degree graduate with an aspiration to contribute to the economic growth of Malawi by addressing some social economic challenges from household level. That is, providing mothers a rare opportunity for nursing their children in safe free daycares as they go through a series of trainings that will make them more competitive in the job market. As a firstborn, she delved into the leadership role at a young age which birthed her passion and interest in people. Vanessa's sustained refusal to the status quo earned her a place as a Malawi representative with the My Lead Fellowship Program, where she interacted with the likes of Kwame Nkrumah and the late Maya Angelou. She is also a Yali Fellow and believes that Good leadership is, among other things, understanding that that change is a tool that aids us in bringing life to the things we perceive dead rather rather than that which buries them further in the ground. Please welcome Vanessa Ungapembe to the Africana Woman Mike. Here is our conversation. Hi. Hi. Yay! So, Vanessa is from Malawi, and she is an interesting 
lady guys she's the firstborn of a family of seven and she has an honors law degree graduate there we go um she actually met maya angelo and kwame nkrumah i'm like i need some more details i need some more details on that you met maya angelo <laughs> and she's also passionate about addressing socioeconomic challenges in Malawi. So I was telling the people that you met Maya Angelou. I was like, <laughs> not many people can say that. How did that happen? Um, it was at one of these uh, UN women conferences. So I'm part of this group called uh, Moremi Initiative Leadership for Women. Mm-hmm. So she came. So she was just like, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. How was that like? Was she she was a keynote speaker? Not really actually. She was just like mingling around and she had this thing that she was doing. At first I didn't even like recognize her in a sense because I wasn't expecting. So she looked just yeah. like anybody else that was there, like some of the mentors that were there. So I was just like and then until people were like, Oh no, that's I was like, Oh, Wow, okay, and then we all went to greet her and stuff like that, but yeah, yeah. that is one so of cool. those so rare moments. So cool. cool, I know, right? <laughs> totally unexpected, but really, really cool. Yeah. All right, so I just mentioned a little bit about you, but I would love for you to introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit more about who is Vanessa and what makes Vanessa tick. Okay. Um, well, I heard you talking about social economic change. <laughs> so maybe I'll start from there. Um, well, I met Chulu in South Africa yep. because we're mm-hmm. part of uh, the Young African Leadership Initiative. So I guess that says a lot. Um, and then right now I've, I was just talking about Moremi Initiative Leadership for Women. So I am passionate about um, seeing people strive, I guess. Um, I know that not all of us are fortunate enough, but I believe that everyone can have an opportunity, you know, to, to grow in a certain sense. So mm-hmm. as a person who is growing and also as a person who is leading people to grow, mm. I think I have um, a passion in just seeing that, um, I think that link. I feel like sometimes we lack in the leadership, especially in Africa. So it's just being able to see people step up. You know, there's so much that we can do. We don't have to leave it to other people. We can do it ourselves. So I think that's, that's my passion for life. Um, just seeing people strive, seeing ourselves strive, being able to take opportunities that are handed over to you. Yeah, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> I hope <Maybe>. that summarizes. <laughs> All right. So today's topic, just so that you know, guys, we're talking about blended and multi-race families. Okay. Mm-hmm. African families. I know when we, I think the default when people think, oh, Africa, they're just thinking basically black people, but in black yeah. in Africa, so many colors, <laughs> you know, we've got Asian, people of Asian descent that are African, um, European descent that are African, and there's just a whole mix of um, people. But um, I think also to add on top to, on top of that dynamic, many of us have gone through, I think a number of us anyway, have had situations where, um, for example, we've got siblings that are not necessarily from the same parent, it might be the same father or same mom, but it's not both parents being the same. And I think that has interesting dynamics in itself <laughs> that people don't usually talk about. So why don't you introduce us to your family? Okay, so I am a firstborn. We are seven. So I've got six siblings. Um, so blended in the sense, so we are the three of us from one parent and then I've got the youngest two from different parents and then the ones in the middle from different parents as well. 
Yeah, mm. one big happy family though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice because I think yeah. not many people um, can say that as well. <laughs> so did you grow up together? Um, not really, I guess. The three of us, yes, the first three. And then maybe with Adam. So uh, my mom, she's Irish, talking about Malti. She's Irish. So that would mean my brother is like, uh, there's so many terms now. <laughs> but we would say he's half caste. <laughs> yeah. He's half caste. Yeah. So the dynamics are a bit, yeah. But I guess the four of us, uh, we grew up together. And then... Um, because we're all grown, so now we're all over the world. But we all, like, if you ask any one of us, it's like, okay, we've got six siblings. Mm. So it's like we're mm. all together. Like, um, I'll speak about a mom. Mm-hmm. People just, it's just so, I'm talking... People who don't know me then will just relate to a mom. I'm not going to go into because then those are my brothers. Those are my sisters. And yeah, that's just how we grew up. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. Okay, so I guess how old were you when you met your mom and when she came and joined your, your family? Okay, I was eight. I was eight, so, and then my sister and brother were four. They must have been four, yeah. Yeah, Mm. so young. Mm. Yeah, that's okay, that's interesting, because I think most times when people think about, um, let's say, when parents split up, usually the children go to the mom, and in this case, your father. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I don't know the actual dynamics of what happened. We've never really talked about it. (laughs) But yeah, we stayed. So we stayed with my dad. Um, We stayed with my dad. It is kind of strange when you think about it, because as you've put it, most people, most children stay with their mom, but we stayed with with dad. So he's the one who, yeah, who's been there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, tell us a little bit about, so you were eight years old, and um, then I guess your father said, okay, here's new mommy. I don't know. How did that go? Actually, it's a very funny story, because uh, the first day, they decided to, like, introduce us. So, mom was a neighbor where we stayed. So, we stayed in flats. So, she was, like, in the next flat. So I think now when they were like, okay, fine, we're making it official. The kids have to know you properly. So um, she invited us over for dinner. And that Mm. day of all days, I had to be sick. So it was, I I can imagine how she must have felt. So we went over the three kids and my dad and then um, mom. And we were there and she was trying to, you know, get to know us, being nice and things like that. And she had cooked and she's not a very, you know, it took a lot of effort for her to cook. (laughs) So (laughs) she made this meal and then we went and I, I, I was sick. I don't know if I had malaria or something, but then I ended up like throwing up all over the place Mm. and it wasn't it ended up being people having to take me to the hospital and things like that so that meeting did not happen it was it didn't go very well (laughs) it didn't go very well so she ended up actually well actually maybe to her defense because she ended up having to look after us or after me okay so Mm. i guess in a way it was a a nice moment it was a plus for her because then now we were like oh my gosh okay she she stayed she looked after us she took you know she was so caring about it mm-hmm. and then from there then it was yeah yeah she was just kind of always there <laughs> okay so yeah. I guess um how soon did your brother come along was uh, you said his name was Adam Yes, Adam. Um, hmm. Now the age. I, w- I must have been like 13, 14. A little sometime. 
Yeah, so about five, six years from that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So in that time, how was it um, living? Sorry, I didn't even ask. Where were you living at the time? <laughs> so that was Malawi in Lilongwe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what did, what was um, everyone else's reactions when you said, yeah. oh yeah, that's my mom. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, you have gone shopping. What was that like? Yeah, it was, it was so strange. I think things have changed obviously now. They're a bit better. You see a lot of multiracial um, families and things like that. But I think for us, we were... It, it wasn't that popular yet. You had a number of couples, but it wasn't. So um, because I was so young, I think that helped. Because I was so young and my sister and brother were also young, we just took it like, okay, this is mom. This is a person we live with. This is our family and that's it. You know, so in ourselves, we were okay. It's only when we went outside, then we would feel to say, okay, fine. We're a bit different. You know, so talk, talk about going to a restaurant to eat, going to school and having my mom visit, um, just mm. going anywhere as a family, you would feel the eyes, you would, you would feel mm. the eyes. And if you say that, okay, no, that's my mom, even worse, because then now you can see the confusion on the face of the people. <laughs> so it's like, okay, yeah. So it was, it was, it was strange. It was very strange, but in our own little circle or bubble, I suppose we were fine. It's only when mm. other people came in that it was like, okay, fine. This is what's happening or this is what the world is like, you know? Yeah. So I yeah. guess, you know, kids are kids. They're very um, honest, brutally honest. <laughs> Did you have any, um, you know, like your friends, question you and ask you what is going on or maybe they're calling you a liar I don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay fine no not really a liar I don't think it ever got unless they didn't say it in my face <laughs> but um yeah of course my friends had a lot of questions I think especially when they would meet my mom first they would have a lot of questions. So I'd be like, okay, so um, you mean, okay, wait, what type of thing? But then after that, because like my mom would come to visit us at school all the time. So my friends became very familiar with her. So I think that helped. The fact that she was so involved in my life, that helped with the questions mm. from people. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So... <sighs> Again, I think this is probably more popular thoughts, but you know, when people think about um, two people coming together and they're already children in the mix, um, yeah. I think more so like back in the day, it was just like, oh, the evil stepmother and all of that kind of thing. But what do yeah. you think that your mom did? Um, you know, did right? Like, what would your advice be for somebody who uh, is? possibly considering you know mixing um families or let's start yeah. with what's the definition of how would you describe a blended family oh okay oh just as exactly as the word says blended so <laughs> you've got a mix and match of it may be adopted people um different races um yeah just i guess not biologically so also like step parents and things like that, where you're not really biological. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think your parents um, did that made you guys feel so comfortable in saying that, okay, this is our family and, you know, this is who we are? Yeah, um, so the, the evil stepmom thing, I mean, and then obviously we had all watched Cinderella at that time. I was like, whoo. <laughs> and that's one expectation. Actually, a lot of my friends would have like, that was so, how is it? Like, you know, stuff like that. But I think the biggest thing was um, she accepted us. We all kind of like just gelled 
if that makes sense. Mm. But I guess it was more from her because I guess she was the one coming in and there were already three kids. So she, honestly, she just, she poured herself out. She, there was no gap. So we didn't feel as if there was no mother figure. She, she filled it and she was there all the time, like in the good times and in the bad times. And she made us feel like we were her own. I think that was the biggest thing. I think that's, a, at the end of the day, all children want to feel is loved. You know, I think if you give them that, they, they accept it. They come to the point yeah. to say that, okay, fine, this person is not here like to do me harm. They're just here. You know, and then also looking at it from their perspective, I guess, when I started growing up to say, okay, fine, this is also someone who has come in and it wasn't that easy for her. There were three kids who were not hers, you know, yeah. and to be able to love us, it's also big on her. So sometimes I guess, depending on the people, but we also kind of had to like gel down to like, okay, fine. This is the person who's here, so let's just make it work the best that we can. Mm. So yeah, mm. I think the best thing is is just the love part and just acceptance and just pouring yourself out and being honest about the situation. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So what was... Um, I guess <laughs> I think people in the audience are probably thinking, so where was your biological mother and yeah. how what was her reaction? Because yeah. you know, I don't know assumptions, but I, I guess yeah. she was on the scene for those eight years and then after that what happened? You know, like we're just being nosy, that's what it is. Yeah, I know, I know, I can see this. Okay. <laughs> Okay, fine. Um, my mom at that time, she was actually, she was based in the States. Most of the time. She was, my biological mom was based in the States. So she was kind of in the picture, but not. Mm. Yeah, which also, I guess, helped with the blending um, or... Yeah, with us, like seeing her as a mother figure at that time, because my mm -hmm. mom was not really in the picture. Mm -hmm. so whenever she would come home, then we would go like visit her and spend time with her. Okay. So we had, so did, it was did she make, okay, yeah, I was going to ask, like, did she have um, any, uh, you know, you can kind of like read people's behavior yeah. and they're not really saying it, but you're like, okay, there's a bit of tension there, kind of, you know. But yeah. what was her reaction like? Uh, funny enough, if the memories that I have of like my biological mom and my stepmom, if they would meet, they would talk, they would laugh, mm -hmm. and then that was it. Obviously, it wasn't for like long periods of time. I think the biggest concern my biological mom would have is whether we were fine. And as we are saying, you know, the connotation of a, of a stepmom, everyone thinks, okay, my, chi my children are going to be mistreated and all these things. So I think that was her biggest concern. But once she knew or she found out who my stepmom was and she was comfortable enough that we were okay, then she was okay. Mm, mm. Yeah. Okay. So just drawing from that experience... I would yeah. do, I wonder what would you suggest would be a good way for a stepmother and a an outside mother to get to know each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Oh, it's a bit difficult because you know you still have yeah. those dynamics. <laughs> I'm like, because you're already pissed off with dude and then you know what I mean? Like I'll be up in there like <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, no, I start getting to know her. It's for your kids, but how do you do exactly. that? <laughs> I think um, it's keeping in mind that it's for the best interest of the kids. I think that's the that's that's where you start, you know. So obviously, you're not overdoing it because you also don't want it to be pretentious, and then that shows all the time. So I think like the way we did it, 
um, or the way that it was done, which I think looking back now was a good way. I think you uh, make use of celebrations. So like birthdays, Christmas, um, those type of things. So like at our birthdays, then if we have like parties, then my mom was very free to come and she would come. So that would yeah. give all a chance, like in a, in a social setting, if I can say, it's not just them, mm-hmm. but you've got yeah. other people around, the kids and stuff. But then at the same time, they're also bonding. We're all bonding as a family. Mm. Birthdays would mm. be one. And Christmas as well. Um, you don't have to spend, I think, the whole day together. But I guess like if my mom would come over, if it's coming to just say Merry Christmas and then should sit around for a bit and then leave. So I think it's making use of the celebrations. Mm, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a good suggestion. That's a good suggestion. Yeah. Um, yeah it sounds like it's very civil. Yeah. I, must say. I thank God that it was. <laughs> Honestly, I, I am, I'm, <laughs> I can only thank God. Multi parent, you know, type of situation. In my mind, I cannot even think of like you know the, the mothers like sitting together. Like exactly, exactly. It sounds like a very you know civilized, um, yeah, situation. <laughs> Honestly, it was. Let me leave it there. It worked. <laughs> Works. Okay, so tell me a little bit about when Adam came, um, you know, when they broke the news, did you feel threatened? Like, oh, okay, they're going to have their their son and then we're just going to be here. Like, what, what were your thoughts around that? Or how did they break the news? Yeah, so another funny story there, like how they, because they only, like my mom only told me this like a couple of years ago, but um Apparently, my mom and dad thought that I knew that they were expecting. So now they oh. started going into panic mode to say, oh, my gosh, so now we have to break it to the, to the kids because I think Va knows and stuff like that. I had no clue in my mind, like zero, like zero clue. <laughs> But when anyways, when they when they told us we were so happy and I guess this is where I'm saying the difference is because we were so we were so much in our bubble. That was our brother. No thinking of anything. We were just excited that we were going to have a small little brother running around the house. That was it. Like that was our brother. There was no there was nothing else. We had no thoughts. Mm. mom dad we're having a brother full stop so it wasn't like we don't even refer it's not even step it's like that was our brother that's it so we were happy and when he came just continued as so like adam is our brother and i guess even my friends who know me they all know okay how's adam that's it So I guess um, I would ask: Did you have any conversations about race in your family? Yeah, this is the funny thing. Now that you we we're doing this talk, Mm. we kind of did, but um, not. It was more based on incident. Like I'm saying, like if we go out and something happens and things like that, then maybe my parents would sit us down and just say like, okay, this happened. And, you know, just to, just to speak over the situation, but never mm. in terms of that, okay, fine. So we're going to be this type of family and da, 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 da. No, never that type of conversation. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um. Okay. So now I'm just tracking back to um what you had explained. So you've got your yeah three at the top, and then you've got Adam, and then you've got three others afterwards, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So how long did, um, what's your mom's name, by the way? Oh, uh, Helen. 
Helen, yeah. How long was um, Helen with you? Um, so since I was eight till I was just before uni, so I was like 21, 20. That's growing. Somewhere there. Yeah, exactly. That's a long <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. Ah, so that's like how many? Two, 12, 13 years. Yeah, about there somewhere. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And what? And um, I guess what's your relationship like now? Well, it's I guess because we don't live in the same country, and then now obviously I'm all grown up, as she puts it. <laughs> But we're fine. Like we're fine. She's she's mom, and that's it. <laughs> we talk. Um, she came to see her grandkids was it last year. So yeah, I think we're we're good. Yeah, she came to my wedding. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Tell us about your wedding. Who was there? Okay. How many parents came? <laughs> Big I shouldn't have brought up the wedding. <laughs> I don't know how many parents' tables were out there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, I guess the wedding, my wedding was the was the reality check of everything that we're talking about right now. So these are some of the complications. <laughs> right? So with the kids, it was okay. I guess, yeah. I don't know. So now, because you have these whole issues of, okay, fine. Um, the mom, the dad, it's fine. Because then there's actually no then. Oh. So the one parent has to walk you down the aisle. One parent has to do this and do that. The whole dynamics of which parent. Because like the mom and the dad, they all have roles in the wedding. Yeah, exactly. Who's going to yeah. walk you down the aisle? Exactly. And all that. So, exactly. So that's when all the complications, they, they start, you know? So it's like, okay, fine. So okay. I, I guess we had to make it civil, but like I can imagine being a fly on the wall at the wedding and just seeing the reaction of people. But we were just like, okay, guys, well, <laughs> it is what it is. Because like yeah. then... Uh, if they say, um, will the parents of Vanessa come and do the parent dance? So it had to be my biological parents. And yet my step parents were also there. Like all their, their partners are also there. So it was just like, okay. <laughs> how many, how many step parents do you have? Okay. So I've got, um, three step moms. Mm -hmm. No, two step moms, two okay. step moms, obviously, and plus my biological mom, so that's three, and then I guess two step, two, one step dad, and then okay. dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, all right, and then I mean, are they civil right now? Do they talk? <sighs> To be honest, it's um they're as civil as they can be, I think. Yeah. We haven't had drama, we haven't had any drama. I think they're civil. When it mm -hmm. comes to it and discuss, then um it happens. If we need to meet, it happens and we do what we need to do and then we leave. But I think we're fine. We're able to talk to everyone. Um yeah, I think it's civil. I think that's the best way to use it. I think it's civil. Yeah, yeah. Sis, are you like me? I literally live by my calendar. If it's not on there, it does not exist, nor does it happen. But quick question, are you on your calendar? I don't mean all the activities that you do for and with others. I mean, do you have a day that is all about you? Not babies, not bay, not web, or anything else that keeps you busy. I'm asking you to be your own bay. So one day a month, Africana Woman will host in-person events in Lusaka that give you permission to practice self-love. 
This is not just another networking event. You know, restaurants and cocktails. No, darling. Instead, we are partnering with local businesses to give you unique experiences like paint and sip, a ladies' hike, or a body-positive dance class. Like, you do not want to miss this. So come on then. Join us. Sign up today. Be your own bay. Find the link in the show notes or go to africanawoman.com. Now back to the conversation. Something that I would I would definitely compliment your father about is that he like you said you you are all just siblings. It's not step brother, step this like he made sure that and I think that is um, something that's not quite often seen. So what usually happens, the the children, like when, let's say when the parents split up, the children end up going with the mom and, you yeah. know, and then, then he goes on, he has, continues to be a rolling stone, has more kids and then, you know, kind of separate. Because I know from my own story, like I, I, I think yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what you heard me, where seven of us um, on my yeah. dad's side, let me just talk and seven of us and then five women of the seven kids so and he brought up i would say three of them of us seven so meaning four of us were basically in different households and we only meet uh as adults there were a few maybe a few holidays sprinkled in here and there but that wasn't consistent you see yeah so adults and uh you know like you were saying when you say when someone asks you how many siblings you have you confidently say seven whereas when when someone asks me how many siblings do you have my automatic response is one because that's the my mom yeah i grew up like you know my mom's child so you know um because then when I start, because again, when people know you and you start saying, no, we're actually seven. Yeah. I'm like, seven? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you have to start now explaining. You maybe you don't even yeah. remember some Yeah. On top of it. Nice. <laughs> I mean, that was like in the past. But anyway, and I didn't know that for a very long time. Like I said, we met when we were adults. Um, yeah. But I think interesting was the funeral because my dad oh, okay, um, passed away. Um, oh sorry three four years ago yeah yeah, but, yeah so you know how it is like laying of the wreaths um yeah. and then there's all the bio bio biography <laughs> yeah 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 but you know, it's like, oh, there was this wife, there was, and there was this like whole conversation about, okay, you know, when so, it comes to who is going, which wife is going to lay the wreath, like, you know, yeah. like, you guys need to respect all of the women, and all of them should have a chance if they show up, which not all yeah. of them did, but you know, and but I was like, you can't be like, oh, all the wives come and, yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, no, I get it. People through, mm? yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like I said, I'll, I will. Um, I think I, I definitely admire your father for one being very um, strong in that father role and keeping you, you know, from the start. Like you said, you lived with your father as the primary caregiver, and then he kept yeah. you or your siblings, and you all feel as if it's just one family. And I think that's really good. Yeah, though, I guess maybe I should say, um, I think, like I mentioned before, I think, honestly, it's easier when you're younger because kids, you're more accepting to situations, I think, when it happens as an adult. So, like, I I think the three of us top, or maybe the four, we struggled, I guess, with the the last two because they're so young. And that's one thing that I'm like... um, I also struggled in having to accept that we may not have the relationship that I would have hoped for as siblings with them, you know, because they're so young. And then, I mean, I'm married. I'm not home. My sister and brother have their own lives. Everyone is at that stage where we're kind of moving away from home. So it doesn't give us the opportunity to like to get to know them, you know, like through a phone call is not the same. And we don't talk all the time. 
So I actually really struggled with that because at first we were so close with everyone else. And then the last mm. two, it's like, it's just so different. So you know, it's, it's just so different. Um, who now? I think Bella, no, Tiko just turned, how old did he turn? 14? Oh, wow. 13, 14. And then Bella must be like 10, I think. Somewhere there. Mm-hmm. 8, 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's a huge difference. Yeah, exactly. So I, I could be their mom, literally. <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah, oh wow exactly <laughs> so I mean what do you do like to bond do they come like for holidays and things like that not they do but that's the thing I guess so we don't really see each other whereas with Adam even before we would see him like even when he was because then he lived with mom um, when my parents separated and he would come home every year, you know, so we mm. still had that, you know, but like with um, Tip and Bella, I can't remember the last time I saw them. They came to Osaka the last time, but they were small, you know, it was, it was a long time ago now. Um, so I try, like I call them on their birthdays and things like that, but that's, it, it's not enough. You know, it's same. not enough. Yeah. yeah and I mean like you're saying also you live in different countries it's not yeah. like oh let me just down the road or drive to another town and go and see them exactly. you know it's completely different countries yeah yeah but so, what would you say? I mean have you had a conversation with them How, what do you think they feel about like your family dynamic because you said that you guys are quite tight but then you know you've got these rather young ones how do they do you know how they feel honestly we have not had that conversation like I know like um, their mom let me put it that way at one point I think Bella called a couple of years ago and she was like no Bella was asking like why does Vanessa live in Zambia like why is she not living with us like, why is she living away from home? So, you know, kids will always have questions. So now the dynamics now have to come out because now I have to start explaining that. But then at least for me, it was, no, you know, Vanessa has her own family. She's got her own kids. She's married. So she's living away from home. But obviously yeah. in her mind, it makes sense that, okay, I've got sisters and brothers who are not with me just doesn't make sense why do they not live home with me why do we have different homes so in her it was starting she was starting to have the questions which i'm guessing they now i guess maybe a bit older they understand the dynamics or they know that okay dad lives you know so as you get older you understand better but it doesn't make it easy i guess Mm. So how do you explain it to your children? I mean, your children are quite young, though. Yeah, <laughs> because it's so interesting. <laughs> this grandma who just shows up, my grandma is like a total like, <laughs> you know, like, what are, what are you explaining to them? <laughs> it's so interesting because now I'm like, I can't wait for, now we have to wait for the day they ask, like, how come we've got four or five gokos? <laughs> All of them are <laughs> Right now we're just there. We've got Gogo Allen, we've got Gogo this, we've got Gogo that, we've got Ama, they've all got different names. All of them are oh. grandparents. That's what we know. When they start digging deeper, we will figure out what to say. But they know all of them as their grandpas and grandmas and aunties and uncles. The the, the details, the the details are they are not necessary for now. <laughs> At this stage, right? Not yet now. <laughs> well, that's interesting. They haven't yet asked, so yeah, brace yourself, prepare. Huh? <laughs> Okay, what do you think you would say though? What do you think you would say? Oh. 
Well, I uh, supposing they're old enough at that point. So, okay. So, yeah. You know what, Julu? I don't know. <laughs> I know. Just thinking in my head right now, I was like, wait, at which point do you start? Do you start with my dad? Do you start... You know, uh, <laughs> No, um, myself and my husband would have to sit down on that one and like say like, okay, this is what we're going to say and this is how we're going to say it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what I think is nice though? I think like a um, a family tree, you know, just like yeah. having, like making something and then you know where the connections are and making it more visual, I think it'd be easier for the kids to... Yeah, that's- like even if you just make one right now and then later when they're asking then they'll be like oh okay that's the oh, connection that's yeah actually that's a good idea so difficult to try and start piecing together okay this one yeah. is this one you know yeah, what I mean that's true. yeah that's and true I, I don't know, so <laughs> if you put a picture in front of me I'll understand but yeah a family tree is nice yeah yeah actually that's a good idea yeah I think that would be nice actually Mm. yeah that's one way yeah yeah I think so so I guess what would be your final thoughts around blended families I mean they come in all sorts and forms yeah okay no yeah this question um what has been your because we haven't really talked about it we've talked about your moms but we haven't really talked about your relationship with your father what was that like and then what i guess and you know i guess also when you're going through different stages in life you know um a teenager like what were your thoughts around um you know i guess your father's decisions and i guess how you reconcile them yeah um Okay, my relationship with my dad is, is great. I guess it helped because as you were saying, we grew up with him. So that was okay. So we were really close to him. And then me being older as well. So like I think even now like I would ask him very difficult questions. Like I would ask. But he was open enough to actually answer. <laughs> even like now I will ask him and I'll be like a dad, you know. But um, I think our relationship was okay. Though, now that's speaking from me, because we were with him, I think it's different for the others who have not been with him. It made it easier because we grew up with him. But like um, when Adam was not home anymore and um, Tiko and Bella, I think it's a bit more difficult because now the same way I'm saying to say it's a bit Difficult to connect with them. I can imagine him as well as a dad. It's it's a bit difficult. But on my end, I think it was okay. Um, it was it, it was fine. Of course, we had the tough issues and things like that. But I think our relationship it it came out. It was okay. And then, um, of course, I would question some of the things because yeah, growing up and then okay. I've got a mom, I've got a stepmom, and things like that. But the biggest thing for me, I think, as I'm saying, is that, um, well, I was, we were blessed with Helen. We were blessed with Helen. We didn't feel alone. That makes sense. I didn't go through that whole thing where I didn't know who I was. I wanted to. She was there, and that made it easier. And that the relationship with that as well. So I did I go through my teenage years, but it was, I went through them with both parents. Like I had a mom and a dad to support me through yeah. that. That makes sense. Your, your siblings were younger because you basically you went from eight to twenty one, but then your younger sibling was probably around in the teenage years when Helen was leaving. What was that exactly? Yeah. Yeah. So I think they that I I guess I can speak for them, but I think it was a bit more difficult. Um, it was a bit more difficult because for them it was. 
yeah, I guess it was all they knew, you know, that was the family we had. And then to have it broken and you're also going through all these, through all these emotional issues as, you know, finding yourself as a teenager, I think it was, it was, it was tough. I think it was tough for them. Yeah, it was tough for them. Okay. So thank you very much for taking time to talk to us about blended families, multi-race families. It's been very interesting. What I would love for you to just share is do you have any final thoughts on, especially people that are considering or, you know, they found themselves in these situations. You know, I know a lot of people who, for example, you know, they're getting married and either they as the woman or their um, fiance has a, a child from another person. Um, yeah. And you know, I find these situations where like until the day of the wedding, the family doesn't even know about this extra child. Oh my okay. <laughs> but you know, what would your advice be for such um families that are coming together because this is really about you know bringing two families together and yeah, hopefully exactly. being one yeah not not yeah. treating people as if they're ghosts <laughs> yes I don't know um for me i think the biggest thing is being honest with yourself I think a lot of us also don't think about what we're doing or what we're getting ourselves into. So if there's children involved, children are such a big deal, you know, and most of the times we leave them out and they're the ones who get affected. But if they're not going to be okay, trust me, it actually affects the relationship at the top. You know, it does. So the first thing would be to make sure actually that the kids are okay so that your relationship will be a bit better. That's, that's what I think. So being honest enough about the situation, um, taking time, I think, to discuss in terms of that you're going to be parents to these kids. What is it that you're going to do together? Because now you also have those complications of, no, um, this is my child, so I will say what I want to them. And then the other parent is, is left thinking that they have no say. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that disrupts the whole exactly. So I think it's having that honest discussion beforehand to say these are gonna be our kids. These are gonna be our kids. So it means nobody should feel less or above. All should be treated equal. I think that's the that's the biggest thing. But it's not it's not that easy, which is why I'm saying I think you have to be really honest about the situation and have the discussions as parents, have the discussions, because it's not just, oh, OK, fine. So we're here and then we'll just see. No, it, yeah. it's you have to kind of plan around it, which is what I think the parents did. They took time. So they were together. And because they were together and they treated us in that way, then the family unit was strong. And then when the family unit was strong, we were all, it, it was okay. You know, yeah, so it doesn't yeah. have to be a bad situation. It doesn't have to be a situation of a, an evil stepmom or stepdad. It honestly doesn't have to be. It doesn't yeah. have And I, do you know what it just occurred to me? Because, you know, like in the African setting, most people will go for um, marriage counseling um, of some form, you know, whether it's at the church and so on and so forth. But I wonder if people actually... Um, don't feel shame and yeah. are able to present that as the situation that they are coming into in the exactly. counseling. That would be uh, in a, a great space for you to have those conversations and say, exactly. listen, person has this child from um, their previous relationship, but now we're deciding to get married. Can we get some counseling around yeah. that? Yeah. I think a lot of people feel shame that okay there's this, this child out there and they don't actually bring it into those settings and um, I think that would be a, a wasted opportunity 
Yeah, yeah. So I think, like I'm saying, being honest about the situation. Um, look, it is what it is. So we also, I feel like mindsets at some point, because we have this thing of, okay, no, that's not your child. How are you raising someone that's not your child? You know, from both ends. So you might be okay, but then when people start talking, you start questioning yourself. You know, yeah. you can start thinking, okay, fine, uh, it's not my child. Maybe. So you, you reserve yourself. So that's why I think thing to say be honest with yourself in the situation and then at the end of the day it's about you and your spouse coming together as a family unit everyone else is there to talk but at the end of the day it's you guys in your house you know it's you guys in your house and it's you guys want what you want for your family so it's about being honest and accepting um, the situation as it is so that you can, in, in what have I learned now, you can enjoy it rather than endure it. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. like enjoy your life, enjoy your blended family. Yeah. Enjoying it. That's a good one. That's a yeah. good one. See, now I'm like, I've got so many other questions coming up because I feel like what you just said is, um, you know, having that pressure from extended family, you know, yeah. and them seeing the children. Um, yeah. Oh, that's, that's their child. It's not our child. So, you know, yeah. and it making it difficult for you to go to family functions and for the children to feel excluded and things like that. Yeah, I think in general, um, <laughs> Africans in general we need to have yeah. a better mind yeah, the children no. are yeah yeah but Vanessa it's been so much fun we're coming up to an hour and thank you so so much thank for you. telling us your story and sharing us sharing with us uh, your experiences in a blended family and a multi-race family. I think your your parents were dope, though. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think yeah, I, I should I should give them credits. I should <laughs> I should give them credits. I think you should. So <laughs> I saw some comments. Um, Kako Michelle David. She says that uh, when you were talking, she said, "I agree." And most times, as parents, we don't realize our actions have a long-term impact on our children. So, like you were saying about being honest about the situation. Um, so she agreed with that, and yeah. So thank you, thank you. This has been fun, and thank I'm you. so excited. Just so you know, um, I, I forced Vanessa to make an Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> be here <laughs> but she was amazing and again thank you so much thank you thank you thank you so much thank you mm -hmm. as the product of a rolling stone i know firsthand the stories of blended families you know, it could have been dad had multiple wives, dad had extramarital affairs, and, you know, you've got some siblings out there. You know they're there, but, you, you know, you haven't actually met them. Or dad had multiple children with multiple women, and, you know, they all live in one home, and there is a stepmom. Blended families are so often not born from joy, like Vanessa's family, but are forced upon the parties involved by necessity. As a woman that is a stepmother, to be honest, I cannot imagine the stress that you are going through, you know, from dealing with um, possibly dealing with the betrayal of your partner and always having a physical reminder of their trespasses walking around, you know. It's like a, a physical uh, manifestation of their trespasses to worrying about being judged about the way you treat your non-biological children to navigating relationships with grown children who have established emotions, beliefs, habits and behaviors and, you know, it's not easy, friend, it's not easy. I think if you are a stepmother, my advice to you would be to ask yourself three questions. Number one, in your home, is everyone equal or are there first 
and second class citizens maybe even third class guy number two what are your family goals and i think this is a conversation that you should be having with your partner number three will you make a child pay for the sins of an adult so some food for thought Vanessa, thank you so much for sharing your story and proving that blended families can work. Thank you, dear listener, for making us part of your day by listening in. I truly appreciate you. Please, can you help me get the word out about the Africana Woman podcast, Um, especially if you enjoyed this particular episode? All you have to do is take a screenshot um, of the episode and you can post it on your social media stories. Don't forget to tag at Africana Woman or you can tag me at Chulu by Design. I love to see your feedback. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcast. And this really, really helps us with exposing the podcast to more African women. Now, you know my playground is Instagram. If you want to chat with me personally, do drop me a line. And until next week, do remember, know your roots, grow your purpose. This has been a production of Ulendo Creative Media. You can find out more about their services on www.ulendocreative.com.